In this episode of the Chant Sam podcast, I'm honored to have with me Shilpi Banerjee, an esteemed mental health practitioner who's managed to take some time out from their hectic schedule and exemplary work to be here with us today. With 14 years of experience as a chance affirming therapist, they are passionate about understanding the power dynamics in our society and the resulting experiences of minority stress as well as the impact that it has on our lives. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's start by talking about your extensive qualifications and work experience. What drew you to this field? Right. So, um, look, I've had some rather difficult experiences growing up. And uh, all of those experiences were related to the differences in the ways of being of the people around me and how the various different needs and ways of being can clash, creating suffering for everybody concerned. And given the lack of social support, especially if the entire joint family itself is in turmoil, there being no external social supports, it can lead for a very difficult time for everyone. So seeing this as I grew, I got interested to learn about the human experience, about suffering, its causes, and how to mitigate that suffering without asking any of the people to be less than themselves. So that led me to the field of psychology. And in terms of education, of course, I mean, I, I did my MPhil, et cetera, and all of that. But um, I think my personal experience was more of something that really led to what I do today. Um, and gender in particular was something that was always a muddle for me. So I w- I'm neurodivergent myself. So understanding gender was a really tricky area given that I'm also non-binary and I only understood that now, I mean, recently, right? Um, but growing up, I I found it really difficult to understand the, the concept of gender and especially because it was explained in very binary ways uh, to me. Um, and I joined a group called Sangini in my late teens, early 20s, where I met a lot of, of different uh different folks with different gender identities, um, sexual orientations. And I understood how difficult their day-to-day life was, right? A simple thing like visit to a mall could be a really frightening experience because of the issue of like which toilet to go to, how to keep yourself safe at the same time as not experiencing gender dysphoria, for instance, right? Um, Going to a washroom, like which washroom should I go? Should I go to the men's washroom? Should I go to the women's washroom? for a trans man, a friend of mine, right? We we couldn't very often figure out what would be safer, like experience a gender dysphoria and just sort of go into the women's washroom. But there too, there was a scope of getting beaten up by the women, right? We actually faced those kind of situations. So um, so definitely, I think all of that led me to, to feel that I really wanted to do something in my career that would um, help folks who are different not face this level of hurt, stigma, othering, right? And the very real danger that they do in their everyday lives. So um, so then I realized that as a psychologist, I could do at least a little bit, right? Towards creating a better, safer society for the folks around me. So, yeah. Is there anything that has stood out for you in your work thus far with trans people? Well, lack of established support structures within the society, which leads to a lot of tiredness and fatigue among the community, I would say, yeah? Because it is the community that is forced to fend for itself without a lot of support of any kind from, from you know, the, the let's say the majority, yeah? 
right now yes there are a lot of organizations that are trying the government too is trying but um, but i would say it's it's too little and reaching mm-hmm. too few um within the community also i would say that there is a lot of minorities within minorities right mm-hmm. and each person is dealing with their own feeling of being othered and so because of that it can be really difficult to hold space for somebody else's feeling you know of being othered at the same time um especially of their if let's say like that other person's way of being is markedly different from my own it might be really difficult for me to hold space and kind of then it becomes really difficult for some people who you know let's say the neurocognitive minorities right mm-hmm. um for for folks who are autistic and trans for them within the 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 general trans community to find space right for non binary folks for let's say agender folks right it can become really really difficult to find um support and space and community within the broader community mm-hmm. so yeah based on your interaction with trans individuals what are some of the major broad concerns affecting trans lives in india today well my my previous answer kind of covers this mm-hmm. but also i think um that the i think i would like to emphasize here the um the support needs of the neurocognitive minorities as i've mentioned yeah um so i think we do need to come together to to talk about different paradigms through which we can understand uh different ways of being and if we do that then i think like the neurodiversity paradigm is is one way of looking at the differences of um ways of being yeah and and i think that there are a lot of let's say um autistic folk who are also trans um trans folk who are who also are adhd right um so i think for for those of us who are different in that way i think there's a lot of need for support structures mm-hmm. there yeah how do you think friends coworkers and family members on a similar note of trans and queer people can support them in their everyday lives and at the workplace to offset these concerns see i think uh, one way that folks can support trans and queer folk in their life is by listening to them right it's only by truly hearing out the feelings and concerns of the particular trans person right can we really understand what they need because see our own concern for the folks that we have in our lives can make us think we know what's best for them yeah we want to protect people we we love people in our lives so much mm-hmm. we really want to protect them and sometimes let's say i am trans and my friend is also trans and i have found that certain things help me then i might think that okay you know what the same thing would work for this other person yeah but that's not the case very mm-hmm. often yeah what that particular person's exact needs are might be very different mm-hmm. so i think dealing with our own feelings our own emotions uh having support to help us to deal with our own feelings would help us be able to support the other trans folk and other you know uh, queer folk in our lives better right did you see the yeah. chance bill passed in 2019 affecting the people you were working with if so how um yes definitely right um see to start with when the trans bill was in consideration the trans community formed a number of collectives 
in each state to gather and give the government their inputs and feedback right for mm-hmm. passing a bill that actually aligns with the spirit of nalsa judgment by the supreme court mm-hmm. and despite all this hard work done by the trans collectives most of their suggestions were not taken when the bill was passed mm-hmm. right like especially upholding self identification etc mm-hmm. now when the trans bill was passed in 2019 it also clearly mentioned that rules were to be framed for the details of some of the clauses in the bill so a lot of its implementation depended on how the trans bill rules were to be drafted and notified by the government the government shared the first draft during the pandemic and also notified the rules during the pandemic so like most of the minority sections of the trans community who let's say don't have internet access maybe or maybe at this particular point of time don't have it right mm-hmm. and who have also been really just struggling for survival in these circumstances they couldn't give any feedback or suggestions when the rules were being drafted so most of the minority sections of the trans community don't have the resources to sort of you know um kind of be part of this process at this time and to have it being drafted at this time i think was was not such a great thing you know um so there's that um of course i mean you know i i feel that a lot of the trans community also doesn't have access to a lot of support structures etc therapy etc to help them uh, you know through their own experiences and then let's say participate in 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 this sort of stuff right so yeah what are some of the challenges you have faced as a mental health practitioner especially with re- with respect to your work with the trans community uh same thing about support i would say like especially with young adults who don't have a lot of economic support um it becomes quite a tricky thing because let's say like families can have their own difficult time that they're going through with their family member being trans right and let's say the person doesn't have their own space it can be tricky for them to access basic services um let's say the person is not really in a space to talk about their identity and their needs with their family right um it could be like for instance let's say the 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 dad makes some small remarks right about uh, mm-hmm. a trans character on screen and that could make the family member the young adult feel quite unsafe right like what will happen mm-hmm. if i tell my dad right my dad yeah. will like not like me anymore and stuff and and then for them to access therapy like you know just just the the money part of it right like how do you pay for therapy um especially when there is not a lot of free services for trans folk or any folk for that matter like mental health services free mental health services there's there's not a lot of that and and that i think makes it really really difficult for um you know for for so folks have come to me for let's say one session two sessions and after that and, and spending out of their like let's say pocket money right mm-hmm. yeah. but telling me that look i can't tell my folks that i'm coming for therapy first of all because my folks are going to say like why do you need therapy you know yeah. um we are giving you such a good life why would you need therapy at all right and and so let alone their gender and and such you know those issues mm-hmm. therapy itself right that kind of support itself is not something that's the need for that kind of support is not really well understood you know so you mean um, to say that there's two societal mm-hmm. stigmas here yes yes absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah totally and so i mean mm-hmm. go yes, on yes please go on 
no basically just that you know that that the fact that like there's already the stigma of accessing something like like therapy mm-hmm. right and then the person is all you know first of all then identity right the person mm-hmm. is trying to find some space to do their own thing face their dysphoria by let's say dressing up let's say right in mm-hmm. in in whatever way that makes them feel like themselves it's really difficult for young adults not having a physical space uh, to do their own thing which might actually bring down their dysphoria then not being able to access services it kind of becomes a big big mess right there so yeah um on a similar note are there any recent pieces of pop culture whether it's been a movie a show or a book that you thought represented therapy and the experiences of individuals in therapy in an authentic manner that you would recommend to our readers and listeners ha <laughs> no i don't think therapy has ever been represented in media well um i think there are a lot of different variations of how therapy happens right how the process of therapy happens and there's so many different modalities now what ends up happening even the best representation of therapy because there's so few um ends up being a stereotype right yeah um and and because of that and that stereotype would not necessarily apply well to to a huge section of the population let's say cbt you know not everybody is going to be happy with cbt it may not apply to them mm-hmm. right it may not be something that they are comfortable with as a therapeutic approach now the kind of therapy i do for instance um, you know i incorporate a lot of somatic work i incorporate uh, you know i'm a humanistic therapist for instance there's not a lot of representation um, of that kind of therapy in the media at all so so no i'm sorry i wouldn't be able to give you um any of those yeah uh, are there any resources like essays or documentaries that you would urge our listeners to read or watch to understand trans lived experiences in a better manner well what i would say is watch stuff by trans people you know and you can kind of google a lot of that i i can add a list of those kind of things but i didn't want to do it here because each version right each of those is one version of the experience right yeah and we can often end up rushing in and making assumptions that look this is the trans experience right like this one video that i've watched is the trans experience but that's kind of not right you know and mm-hmm. and what happens then is that we use those assumptions to then approach other people in that same way right and i think that does more harm than good so what i would say watch a range of experiences right watch what somebody who cross dresses feels like watch uh, you know what it is for somebody who's in the binary uh, trans experience let's say you know there's a trans woman who's who's undergone um, you know gazal dalival comes to mind right mm-hmm. uh, one of the very famous ones right um there's so many others right she just popped up in my mind right now yeah. but there's so many others right but the point is um there is such a range and watching a lot of this range would give a better idea uh, of the diversity and i think diversity is the key here right so yeah. i i i would just recommend to watch as much as possible yeah do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners who are working towards being at the better allies to the trans community you know what i would invite every person to just ask themselves about their own way that they relate to gender 
like how do you know you are the particular gender that you say you are right if you're a cis man how do you know that you're a man right what makes you a man i would invite exploration into areas of gender identity sexuality etc i am exploring in my own way right like mm-hmm. i would invite all of you to explore yourselves just as i am exploring myself and let's share these experiences with each other in safe ways right in yeah. in ways that embrace diversity yeah so yeah that would be what i would say thank you very much thank you so much for your time and your valuable insights as citizens who are looking to build an inclusive society it's important that we reach out to people who have been working towards the welfare of transgender people and seek to examine what we can do as individuals to bring about a positive change i would like to sincerely thank shilpi banerji for joining us today and offering their meaningful insights and helping us get a look into the intersection of trans rights and mental health care two areas that deserve and warrant more attention and awareness from everybody in our country i have learned so much from your perspective and experience thank you once again for joining us this is the transcend podcast thank you so much for tuning in